The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We are sponsored by collarandelbowbrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. In partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. And welcome to our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located here in downtown Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Mention Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on all vape juice and hardware. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. And listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. I'm Big Joe. And welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah, absolutely. Another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, Carl. And there is, I, I would say, a significant amount of uh, topics to, for us to go through this week. And the, the first one to really stand out to me in the headlines revolves around... CM Punk, believe it or not, he will be appearing at StarCast in Chicago. This is a pretty big deal, I think, Carl. Now, you see, this is the time when people should be talking about CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Any any other time when he's he's not in any type of relevance or not in any type of, of newsworthy stuff, we need to keep our mouths shut about CM Punk, as we've mentioned on this podcast before. But right now... It is confirmed that he will be appearing at StarCast before AEW's all-out pay-per-view. Big Joe, what do you think this means going forward with CM Punk, All Elite Wrestling, Mm -hmm. and the all-out show? Well, as always, CM Punk, or Phil Brooks, as he is known by his civilian name, I'll I'll coin it uh, that way, he is very active on on social media. He does like to interact with people on here. And I do have a, a couple things here from his from his Twitter feed here. And the the first one comes from uh, Love at CM Punk, trolling wrestling fans by going to StarCast 3 in August. As much as I would love to see him back in the ring, I just don't think he will. And then Punk replies, nobody's trolling anyone, making an appearance, taking pics with fans, come if you're interested, stay away if you're not, simple. <laughs> and th- Classic CM Punk. Absolutely. And then another one uh, uh, says uh, he will. He is secretly committed to at 
AEW Wrestling and at Tony Khan at Cody Rhodes. Tagged everybody in it uh, at uh, All Out. And uh, first weekly show in the fall. Commitment. Long done since late spring. So basically they're saying that he's all uh, he's, he's secretly done it to see you then at CM Punk. Vince McMahon is already scared and has been scared. And then Punk comes and just says, none of this is just true and I am blocking you. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. So I think when it comes to All Elite Wrestling and CM Punk, I don't think that we're going to see him in any kind of in-ring capacity. Uh, at the very most, I would like to see him in a color commentary role, specifically getting Marvez out of there. You put Punk in that spot, and I think then you have a really interesting combination of the existing commentary with uh, with JR. I mean, nothing against Marvez at all, but, I mean, we're, we're talking Phoenix CM Caliber. Punk, yeah. right? One of the biggest notable names in professional wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, Pipebomb.com. Like, that was probably one of the biggest happenings within the world of professional wrestling absolutely so to take this guy and now put him into a color commentary type of role would be smart not saying that it's needed not saying that it's fantastic not saying any of that it would be smart Mm -hmm. to do so absolutely he would fit right in he's done it before when he was with wwe he did uh, a couple filling commentary spots he's done some stuff with some mma uh, commentary so I, I think he's great i mean he's uh, he's experienced in the ring so you know he would uh fit very well in between that uh, excalibur and jr i think it, it would be a nice uh if they really wanted to go forward with the three-man commentary booth which uh, i'm still kind of up in the air uh, and especially in the wwe context it kind of ends up being a bit of a cluster uh you have just one person doing the bulk of the work and then the other two just kind of bickering with each other which i don't think is a great dynamic but um if anybody can do the three-man booth three i think that those three could i'm in full agreement so, uh, of course, uh, as for any in-ring thing, I think if there was anything, you know, possibly some type of manager spot or maybe some kind of brief thing, but even at that, I think that's a real stretch and I don't see it happening. Yeah, that I don't see happening either. Um, CM Punk in a type of managerial type of role, um, I, yeah. I, I really can't see that happening. No. Um, but speaking of managerial roles. <laughs> yes. Right, we, yeah. Like, like this. This is actually pretty, pretty freaking cool. Um, I'm excited for this right now, and I, and I'm excited to see how this person kind of plays in with because they're two totally different people, like total different dynamic between these two mm-hmm. people. We're talking Tully Blanchard. Yes. is going to be managing Sean Spears. Yes, I, this is like I'm excited for this. I, I I really am because I know that the two of them separately can create some magic. Mm-hmm. Now, if we bring the two of them together, I'm hoping that that magic ignites into a large burst and really maybe opens up this whole managerial thing again mm-hmm. within professional wrestling organizations. I, I love everything about about this whole concept. I mean, Tully was one of the, probably one of the most underrated members of the uh, the Four Horsemen. So, you know, to, to see him, the, the, this kind of came out of nowhere for me when I, when mm-hmm. I saw this. I was like, wow. And um, did, could this possibly mean that they're looking at building some sort of faction Um some kind of four horsemen esque type thing in AEW, because that's what it, it smells like and feels like to me. It's it's very possible. I hope not, though, 
Um, I mean, definitely, if you want to build a faction, build a faction. But don't try to build it based around the four horsemen. That is something, that, not saying that it's old, but it's something that, that, that was yeah. back in the day. It worked back then. And I don't think that something like that would really do too, too well today if you tried to build it as mm. like the new four horsemen or, or anything like that. Start a faction, but create something new, mm -hmm. different, and innovative. Yeah. Well, I think it could be interesting now because we know it's uh, likely going to be Cody versus, versus um, Spears at All Out. So we, we know we've got Blanchard in his corner. I, I would assume that uh, to kind of go with this whole thing that you got to have either Arn Anderson or possibly Flair if you could get him in uh, the corner of Cody Rhodes, right? Flair, I doubt seeing. He's going to be um, at the Jericho Cruise. There's a connection there, my friend. There's a connection there. I don't feel that it's a coincidence. I, I think it is coincidence. Definitely. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, Arn Anderson, sure. Yeah, absolutely right. Or, who has always been with the Nightmare family? Mm. Diamond Dallas, Dallas Page. Page. Absolutely. That's another good pick. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So some interesting stuff right out of nowhere. Tully Blanchard, like I said, um, if you uh, haven't seen any of his work yet, he's one of those, is it fair to say, I think that he kind of doesn't get the fair shake out of the whole group. Like uh, people tend to forget about him. Yes. Yeah. Go and watch some of his work. He may have not have been the, the greatest talker of all of them, but you could make the argument he was one of the better workers of the group. He was, definitely. I mean... Unfortunately, when you get factions, you're going to have those people that are going right. to be the big breakout stars, yep. right? You have the Arn Anderson and the Ric Flair, yeah. right, with the Four Horsemen. Then you get those that are the workhorses, like the Tully Blanchards, mm -hmm. right? And it's it, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Not everybody inside of a faction can be the top stars. You take a look even at factions today. Right? Like, you've got the New Day. Yes. You could kind of say that, like, Xavier Woods is kind of, like, just the guy on the side, whereas Big E is kind of that workhorse, and Kofi is that face. Yep. Right? Lifeblood in Ring of Honor. Hmm. Right? Same thing, right? Like, the, not everybody in that faction is the face yep. of that faction. You've got just those guys <laughs> that are going out there being the B-rate workhorses that that whole faction kind of fell flat unfortunately with lifeblood I, th I think that uh it was, it was a cool concept but i don't think it was fully fleshed out and yeah. um you know i think throwing pj black in there it was kind of a let, let's see if we can save this and then uh, to me it, it's still kind of falling flat but uh you know we'll, we'll get to some more ring of honor stuff a after that uh, after you know later on in the program here uh going along with uh, some blanchards of course uh one of the marquee names of women's wrestling right now if you haven't been paying attention it's been tessa blanchard the the daughter of tully blanchard who we we're just talking about here and you know before we get into the main part of this conversation i mean she's been tearing it up on the wrestling scene she has been kicking ass and taking names is the best way to describe it mm -hmm. she has really kind of kind of built herself from the bottom coming up yes she used that blanchard name but it's it's not as though it was something that in the beginning she was pushing on everybody. No, right. What once she kind of got a little bit more established and kind of got a little bit more out there and you know started going for these big marquee matches for the championship belts, mm -hmm. then she kind of had you know 
Daddy come out with her to the ring yeah. and stuff like that. So she's really, I think, built it for herself, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And she just goes. Like, she has honed in that craft, mm-hmm. as I'm sure she would growing up in a professional wrestling family. Yeah. So, yeah, like, she's she's been tearing it up, doing so good. You know, recently, when we were, uh, I'd mentioned that I've been watching uh, uh, that, that show that Wrestle Circus did, uh, she did a show there. Oh, sorry, she did a match there with Scorpio Sky. Uh, just recently, um, did you get to see any bits of that match that she had with Sammy Callahan? Not really. I mean, yeah. just quick little YouTube clip things. Incredible. But nothing, nothing extensive. Incredible. And at the end of it, for Sammy to basically to give her props at the end of it, like that, that's that, that's pretty significant for uh, somebody who's um, a very marquee name for himself in the in, at least in the independent wrestling scene to to basically say, hey, she's got it. I mean, that, that, that that's a big rub there. And uh, no pun or weirdness intended there. <laughs> <laughs> no sexual innuendos required. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, like, like coming from somebody like Sammy Callahan, who mm-hmm. has come up through the ranks of, you know, doing uh, shock core independent professional wrestling yep. all the way up through now with impact and, you know, has done work pretty much all over the world. For somebody like him to kind of give the nod to Tessa Blanchard, yeah. I think is is phenomenal, and especially to see from a, and I know this is very sexist, but to come from a male superstar giving a nod like that to a female superstar is fantastic to see because it shows that it's breaking down those barriers of the sexism and the uh, thoughts of women can't wrestle as well as men do because it was just proven and shown that Mm -hmm. Tessa Blanchard can go with any guy and make it a fantastic matchup. And then that nod was given. It's one of the great things about the independent wrestling scene, as opposed to the WWE, when it comes to men and women being, you know, in the same area as the ring at the same time, that they're so handcuffed about what they can do. And this kind of moment is just impossible to happen. So, you know, to, to see this happen at an impact, at an impact show it was, it was fantastic to see. Now, having said all this, her contract with Impact is going to be up before or you know at least sometime next year where does she go from there in your opinion where do you think she ends up because she's got to be on everybody's radar i think she stays right there i think so eh? i do i mean if they continue on the path that they are putting tessa blanchard on she is going to be recognized as the number one female in that company why would you want to leave the number one spot when they're guaranteeing essentially guaranteeing you Mm -hmm. that you are going to be number one in this company no matter what you signed another three or five years with us you were going to be number one in this company Mm -hmm. how much better can that be you you run the risk of leaving and then being lost in the shuffle with the other female stars that are out there. Yeah. And especially the biggest one that, that everybody's going to start saying is she's going to AEW. She's going to all elite wrestling. Yeah. Well, they've already got their established females there. Mm-hmm. Why, why would she 
need to leave Impact to go there when she's number one in Impact and can possibly be mm-hmm. number 10 in All Elite Wrestling <laughs> right, yeah. or number you know seven in Ring of Honor. You know, like why I for me, yeah. if it were me, I would want to stay where I'm number one. And I don't have the risk of being yeah. number lower than one <laughs> and being lost. I, I definitely agree. I don't think AEW is, is the right spot. Um, Ring of Honor, again, as much as I love Ring of Honor, and like I said, we'll be mentioning them a little bit later in the show here. I don't think that that's a great fit for her either, given some stuff going on there. Now, if enough money were to be thrown at her, do you think that that could lure her over to WWE? Do you think it should be the type to go for the money contract? I I, I don't know. I I don't know either. I would I would like to say no, mm-hmm. because I'm sure. Like I, I understand, you know, there was this whole women's revolution and everything that's been yeah. going on. But who have been the names of the women's revolution? Becky Lynch, yeah, Charlotte Flair, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey for a full year. Boo. Alexa Bliss, like those, like 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 those are yeah. the names that have been there, and it's continuously always just those names. Yes. So you've got your Natalia's, which thankfully she's getting a title opportunity at SummerSlam. Strange, up. strange that one. <laughs> it, it, very much so, yeah. but I love it. Yeah, I love I... it. Um, you know, you got like like all of your other female stars that are just kind of going with the flow now, mm-hmm. and it's they're even all lost in the shuffle. Yeah, right. Like it's it, it, it's it's weird. You and and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this because this is something that that's kind of been been irking me a little bit here. And um, yeah, we're gonna talk about this a little bit in in some, some deeper context uh, in a few minutes, anyways. Yeah. But raw reunion that's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Alicia Fox. <laughs> Alicia Fox is is now considered an alumni. She's <laughs> okay. now like she she she's in that category. I didn't even know she was gone or she was there. Or I just didn't even know. Right? Yeah. Like th- like that's the biggest thing and she oh. is probably the her and Natalia are probably the two within that company right now that have been there the longest. Yeah. And she's just kind of pushed off to the side and now put into the alumni section and like just kind of, <laughs> and, and it was super quiet that it was all done. Uh-huh. Right. Like why? Yeah. For me, when it comes to Tessa Blanchard, um, as much as I'd like to <laughs> say staying in impact, I, I'm a little iffy on that because I, I think honestly, I think impacts future could possibly be in jeopardy, but that, that's a topic for another day. But when I, when I look at Tessa Blanchard, when I, when I look at her matches and just in her approach outside of the ring, when it comes to dealing with fans and, and some of the cherry work and stuff that she does, she really strikes me as the kind that just likes to put on good wrestling matches and isn't necessarily about the money. So having said that, I, I, I think, don't think that she would go to WWE unless there weren't really any other viable options. I I fully agree with that. So, and I, and that says a lot about her as well, you know, as as a professional wrestler, using that term 
with this here that she's a professional wrestler and she likes to do that. And I think that she goes to WWE and she gets lost in that shuffle. Uh, I think yep. with the, all the names that you named there, already being at the top of the ladder there, where do, where would she even fit in? It'd be tough. So I think she either she stays where she's at or she just keeps on keeping on and just put on great, great matches no matter where she goes. That's That's all I hope for. Absolutely. Now you had um, mentioned it, and as we are recording here, we're about we're about what an hour and a half away from this raw reunion here. Um, I have many worries and concerns about this show. Please enlighten <laughs> us on your worries and concerns with this show. Yeah. Now, how far we're getting? We're getting close to SummerSlam here, Carl. And my big thing here is instead of building to SummerSlam. Let's just bury all the talent and bring back all these people. And it just we're, we're not going to be building anything towards SummerSlam this week. We're just going to go on a little nostalgia trip that may or may not kind of be okay. That's that's my initial feel of this whole thing. And you are not alone in that. Yeah. Um, there, there's lots of people um, that are kind of going, Why? Why are we doing this right now? Um, What's the reasoning for it? Uh, Is it trying to boost the ratings? Is it trying to boost the numbers? Um, You know, like I'm trying to find it here, but I'm I'm not able to find it right now. I have the list of everybody that's involved. Okay. Well, I was was just reading an an, an article. Mm -hmm. Um, They are WWE, uh, their, their next quarter... Uh, earnings are going to be coming out. Yep. And there was there was an article that was out saying... Um, I think it was from Forbes magazine. It was a rather big uh, um, company that was talking about it, I think. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. a very big company that was going like, like is this just a, a try for them to get more ratings? <laughs> and they kind of went through and they're like, hey, so now we've seen the ratings here yeah. from this time going all the way to today. And what more excuses can Vince McMahon now put out there? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like that's essentially what they said. They mm-hmm. said, like, Vince McMahon is out of his out of excuses. Yeah. Which, yeah, at this point, I think he's totally out of excuses. There's mm-hmm. yeah. not much more he can he can say. Even just before we started recording here, Carl, uh, a couple of things uh from Raw and SmackDown, some of the higher up uh, uh, writers let go. The, they're done, so they're uh, they're going to be probably looking for different people here. But anyway, here's the the list of uh, of legends and whatnot that we have involved in this show coming up tonight. Here, of course, when, when you listen to this, it'll be the day after. Of course, we have Stone Cold Austin, brother. We got Hulk Hogan as well. Of course, we got to get him in there. Uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. We're going to have DX, which of course Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Road Dog, and X Pac. And we got Million Dollar Man, we got Kurt Angle, we got Mick Foley, we have Diesel, Razor Ramon, Alicia Fox, Lundra Blaze, Booker T, Eric Bischoff, Candice Michelle, Christian, Devon Dugley, Eva Torres, um, Jerry Briscoe, Sergeant Slaughter, The Godfather, Jillian Hall, um, Jimmy Hart, Jerry the King Roller, Jonathan Coachman, Caitlin, Kelly Kelly, Lillian Garcia, Mark Henry, Molina, Pat Patterson, Rikishi, Ron Simmons, Santina, Sant- probably Santina and Santino, I would imagine, The Boogeyman and Hurricane, and more. Dude, there's no room for any other regular talent on this show now. What are no. they going to do? They're all going to be watching on the sidelines. Yeah, they are. That's that's exactly what it's going to be. Oh. Yeah, it just, it just, it just feels... 
like a just a, a cry and just a plea to pop a, a TV rating. And this is going to be very confusing, I think, to the people of Fox as well. They're going to be looking at this going, hmm, some buyer's remorse here, I think, uh, maybe on their part, maybe a little bit at this point. It's it's very possible. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they had to know what they were getting into, you would think, right? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I'm they sure that they've, <laughs> done their own, they've done so much research, I'm <laughs> sure, that they definitely have. There so. had to have been that one guy on the Fox board there that's the wrestling fan or that, that was a smart mark um, that would have gone to one of the executives and go, hey. You know, I hear they're not so good right now. You know, there had to be that one guy that kind of dropped into a hint there. Hey, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, to kind of go along with that, like I, I, I found it was by Variety. Variety.com did yes, the article. Yeah, that's right. And um, it says WWE Raw averages 616,200 fewer total viewers per episode mm-hmm. than in 2018, which is down 20%. 20%. Whereas SmackDown is down 445,720 viewers per week, which is down 17%. Mm-hmm. And the last time Raw had any type of good ratings, we're looking was January 21st, 2019. And it jumped. So the week before was, um, okay, so no, this is the difference. The difference is, so their worst, their worst one was mm-hmm. January 21st. Yeah. So January 14th, they were down 528,000. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> the next night, <sighs> they were, or the next week on the 21st of January, mm-hmm. they were down 2,068,000 viewers. Damn. Which is, is crazy and that was just raw Mm -hmm. smackdown seems to be pretty consistent yeah all the time in this flow chart that i'm seeing uh but like yeah like what is going on like their most was um april 15th uh with a from 2018 down 753,000 viewers yeah right it's just crazy how the the numbers are totally going and dropping and mm-hmm. it's just so weird and i mean it's it's there, it's just i don't know it's so <laughs> weird there's so many great alternatives out there to, to mean that, that that's what's making a dent in these uh in this or in some of those cases more than a dent is people are tired of the same old crap and and they're finding great alternatives elsewhere and unfortunately, up to this point, it hasn't really pushed WWE to innovate. Um, and this is a prime example that we're, we're just, we're calling an audible here. Let's bring back all, all the names everybody quote unquote loves. And let's just uh, pray <laughs> that, that people dig it. So, well, I, and I mean, even, even with that, right? Like WWE's biggest stars right now. And I'm just, I'm just going to name uh, three yep. here. Uh, I'll do Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens. Yeah. Okay. So quarter one, number of appearances, 18. <laughs> quarter two, number of appearances, 23. Yeah. Right. And they're still losing. Still. Roman Reigns. Quarter one for 2019 appearances, he had five. <laughs> In quarter two, he had 20. Yeah. Kevin Owens, quarter one was six. Quarter two was 18. Mm. So they're using their big stars more and still losing. So Mm. what is going on? 
I I think another factor too, and we've mentioned this before, and we're definitely not the only ones that have said this. You had mentioned the the stars. We have stars, but we have no super. Well, I guess we we have these we have these people who are just interchangeable superstars, but we don't have any big super mega stars that really kind of stand out anymore. We, we we just we we in the WWE context, we just we don't. So that I think that that we're bringing back these people that were at some point, well, at least some of them. I mean, um, some of the people in that list, I don't think you could record any of them as super mega stars. Um, although uh, supposedly Psycho Sid is out from appearing at the show, they are supposedly bringing in John Cena. So oh. you know that that'll draw some people in. Um, but you know, I'll be very curious to see what. Uh, the ratings will be for the show because I'm definitely going to look and see if they get a good audience and if they maintain it through the whole show because they haven't managed to do that in a long time and they may do it with this one show possibly just uh, the interest with the names but then next week people are going to be like yeah I've already seen this why do I need to tune in next week because this isn't going to build or uh, or set up anything for the following week because basically we're doing this one kind of standalone thing and then it's back to business as usual afterwards. That's right. Right. So I think that's another one of the issues there. Now, another potential issue here dealing with WWE is that Fox is reportedly very interested in bringing NXT over to, ne- to regular network TV. And this spells trouble for the WWE network and their subscriptions, Carl. This will, I think, severely impact their subscription rates. Uh, Myself, no, because I like a lot of the different content that's on there. I like going back and seeing the old stuff. And and I like seeing the, you know, Table for Threes, I think, are amazing. Ride Along, I think, is fantastically done. Hmm. Um, Story Time was just phenomenal. I like Story Time. Uh, uh, Yeah. But... Most of the people only subscribe so that they can watch NXT and NXT UK. So now if you take away NXT and put it onto cable television, I think you're going to see a decline in the number of subscriptions because people, that's what they wanted on there. They wanted NXT and NXT UK, both together. Mm-hmm. So having one of them removed, I don't think it, NXT UK is going to be able to keep the numbers. 100% it will not be able to do so. No. And, of course, another reason is for the pay-per-views as well. Um, you know, instead of paying the, was it 50 or $60 now for the pay-per-view, you're getting those for, you know, 10 approximately $10 a month, depending where you are in the world. But, I mean, you cut out that, that NXT show. I mean, also, you lose a quarter of the subscribers, at least. Definitely. And that might be a modest number. My other concern, NXT is able to do a lot more things right now with their programming yeah. that they probably would not be able to do on network television. Yeah. So now you take them off of WWE programming, put them onto network, I think you're going to totally kill NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys like Velveteen Dream and whatnot, they're a little bit edgy with their characters too. I think you would see that kind of stuff could really get toned down as well. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but yeah, we'll just, we'll, 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 we'll hope and we'll pray that NXT remains untouched, although I have a feeling it won't be. Now, yeah. going from that to something pretty um, pretty interesting here. 
the G1. We, I haven't had a chance to necessarily watch every single minute of it. Um, I've been skipping a lot of the, the pre-show stuff and just kind of watching the actual bracket tournament matches. And following our boy, John Moxley, here. And, damn, he's been doing good there. Doing good? Doing good? <laughs> he's beating Tai Chi, being Jeff Cobb, and most recently, Mr. Ishii. And we're not even halfway through this thing. The dude is sitting at number one right now. Yeah, man. For points. He's got the most points right now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's been doing so well that I'll even insert a clip of here of how, how he feels like he's doing here. Tokyo! Thank you, Tokyo, for being here tonight at Kirk and Hall for the G1. Thank you, Tomohara Ishii, for sharing the ring with me tonight, you sick bastard. Let me tell you guys something. Sure you can't understand everything I'm saying. But a few months ago, my career was pretty much in the toilet bowl. And then you guys welcomed me over here to Japan, made me feel like part of the family, gave me this canvas on which to paint ugly, gruesome works of art. So I thank you for that. Let me tell you this. Nobody on this planet, nobody on this earth, in this world, in this universe, can tell me what I'm capable of, or what I can and can't do, what I can and can't accomplish. Only I say that. And let me tell you this, and you better damn sure believe it, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it or I'm gonna die trying. Get used to it. John Moxley is gonna win the G1. I think I said everything I needed to say out there, and I have zero oxygen in my brain, so, you know, just watch that. Oh, goddammit, shooter. My wife is gonna be so mad at me. Yeah, she hates tables and shit. It's all Ishii's fault. He started the whole thing, anyway. So there you go. He, he's even even concerned. You know, we were, uh, you know, we just heard. He's talking about that match with Ishii. He's like, it's his fault. He got these tables and stuff. He's like, my wife isn't going to like this. <laughs> he said there, he's like, right? yeah, Renee's not going to dig the fact that the tables came out. She's like, he doesn't, she, she doesn't like that stuff. But I mean, wow. Um, does he have a legitimate chance of winning this tournament? I, I, I think, I think he does. I mean, we, we, we got to keep in mind that with, for those of the, of you who, who aren't really familiar with the, uh, the G1 climax and, and all of this stuff here, there's two different blocks. So you've got mm-hmm. the A block, you've got the B block. Yep. John Moxley is over in the B block right now. Yep. He's, he's the leader of that block with six points right now. Yep. On the other side, the A block, you've got, uh, Kenta and Okada both yeah. with eight points, right? So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, how things all kind of play out in the end, and will we see, you know, like like, like John Moxley being able to overcome absolutely everything here and win this entire tournament? Because for him still to go, he's got Hiroki Goto, 
yep. obviously he's not going to be facing himself. This is a Mortal Kombat. Uh, he's going to go up against Tetsuya Naito. That is going to be very interesting. Um, yes. Juice Robinson as well is going to have a rematch with him, except this is going to be in uh, inside the G1. Um, we've got, uh, no, he's already gone. Shingo Takagi is going to go up against Shingo mm-hmm. as well. That's going to be very good. Shingo has been make, really making a name for himself. Jay yep. White, he's going to have a rematch with him too. That, that has... Uh, some uh, interesting stuff going on there. And, of course, he's going up against that wonderful bastard, Mr. Toriyanu. Uh, yeah. That's going to have comedy and ridiculousness all over it. So he still has some really, really good matches to go through. And, yeah, yeah I mean, he could end up in the finals of this thing. And I, I don't think that that's really that far-fetched of an idea. Not at all. I don't <laughs> think it's far-fetched at all. And, you know, having said that, now that kind of leads nicely into our, our last topic before we do to our show supper segment for this week. Given that uh, Moxley's been doing so well outside of the WWE, especially in the G1 and AEW, and he's been doing a lot of independent stuff before going over to Japan as well, mm-hmm. there are, are several superstars. I mean, there, there's really nobody by name at this point, but there are a lot of rumblings that a, a lot of these WWE talents now uh, are seeing how good that he's doing over there, and they might be venturing elsewhere. Like legitimately. And that's been a concern for a while. I mean, we, we heard the rumblings and stuff about uh, John Moxley or as he was known, Dean Ambrose yes. doing that. And then it, it actually happened. And we saw the same thing with Cody. Mm-hmm. Cody did the exact same thing. We all heard the rumblings and then yep. it, it happened. And, and everybody sees how well these two now mm-hmm. are doing outside of the WWE. Yep. So, Again, we're hearing rumblings that now several superstars are looking to do the same. Like you said, there's no names or anything like that as of yet, mm-hmm. but there's like just kind of swirling talks that are there. Do we believe it at this point? Yeah. It, sure, there, there's believability to it because, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you're going to have you know these stars that are that are going out there and putting in absolutely everything week to week absolutely everything just to be kind of pushed to the wayside and i'm talking guys like keith slater yeah oh god right? yeah yeah um we rhino left yep rhino's, rhino's now back at impact right bad at back at impact mm-hmm. right um who else? Who else can we name? Like you know, Keith Slater, he's a, he's a big one there. Dolph Ziggler, you know the, the big one that I, one? the big one that I've seen, and even just before recording, is uh, and he uh, has his sights actually very specifically aimed at, at a certain person. I'm talking about Will Osprey. Randy oh. Orton wants to have a match with Will Osprey in New Japan. Um, that could be really interesting. Um, if I was WWE, honestly, at this point, with given the landscape of things, I think that you you let him go on excursion over in New Japan. Okay, I, th- I think you, you let go a little bit. You, you let one of your big superstars who's been in there for a long time for you and has done a lot for you. Let him go over there and get you some exposure over in New Japan because you want to venture over. WWE wants to venture over into Japan anyways. So go over there, send one of your really marquee names over there to have match with arguably one of their best wrestlers in the world right now. Why not? If you're WWE and you're and you want to be really smart and really kind of help things here, do this. That would be really interesting to me. I am not the sharpest pencil crayon in the box, <laughs> but if this is how I would do it, yeah. okay? So you do storyline injury for Randy Orton. Yeah. You wait four, five, six months. 
and then you show Randy Orton over in Japan doing training, mm-hmm. right? And you bill it as the prospect of there being an NXT Japan or being a trading facility for the WWE in Japan. Yeah. And then you set things up that he's going and that he's been cleared but he's staying in Japan for a bit and he's doing scouting opportunities. Mm-hmm. And then you have a match with Will Ospreay at whatever venue that they want. But that's how you build it because then you're going to have these people that are over in Japan, all these workers that are over there going, they're looking at bringing this here. We want part of that as mm-hmm. well. Right. So you're, you're kind of covering and encompassing a large amount of things. And only having to use one person. I'll take it one step further for you. And this will require some careful timing. And it would all depend on Randy's contractual uh, status. And I, I think if you could time it right, you wait, you, you actually let his contract kind of expire. And then you have like a, maybe like a month set, set up. So you have like a month or so gap there to where his, his contract will get renewed again. You, you send more to Japan. So like I said, not only do you have a match with Will Ospreay, I say you sign up for a two match deal with new Japan, him and Ospreay. And then also the big one, and if you could possibly time it to be around wrestle kingdom time, you would have, you'd set up a dream match that people have been talking for a long time. And that is Randy Orton versus Kazuchika Okada. And that's how you wrap up Orton's time over in Japan. And it gets WWE some exposure over there. To me, it just makes good business sense. Me too. Right. If if Vince could, uh, you know, let this happen, I'm sure New Japan would be willing to play ball. Definitely. Why? Why not? I mean, the biggest company in the world mm-hmm. wants to come in and work with you, yep. right? And not even like come in to do any type of takeover <laughs> or any type of like like invasion or any type of we want to purchase all of this from like none of that just to come in yeah. and give new japan pro exposure more exposure yeah in north america because you and i both know there are still those people out there that are just strictly wwe of course. and they see nothing else that's out there mm-hmm so then you get the exposure for New Japan yeah. with some WWE programming yeah. that's going to open up a world opportunity for them too. Because there, there's some other connections behind the scenes too. If you're somebody that's been watching as long as, long as me, you pick up on this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, you'd be dealing with New Japan, of course, has still a pretty good working relationship with Ring of Honor, which is a place where WWE has, has poached a lot of talent from. So there's a bit yeah. of a, probably a backdoor connection there somehow. And then you have with, uh, with AEW, we know that the relationship with AEW in New Japan isn't necessarily the best because they, they have pretty much agreed to not really partner really up at all. So then that sets that gives the opportunity for WWE to go, okay, well, this is somebody that the pissant company doesn't want to deal with. We're going to because damn it, we're WWE. So it, it works on multiple levels, and I think that it would just be be great. And to, if you could have that match with him and Okada, I mean, my mind would be blown. Right. So. Yeah, like that's like you said, that's a dream match that dream people match. have been talking about for a long time. Absolutely. Somebody make that happen, please. At some point, that'd be very cool. Okay, Carl, I think we'll take a break here and we'll come back with our showstopper segment. And this is going to revolve around a company who I actually called my favorite wrestling company of last year. We'll be right back. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. 
Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pinned.biz at gmail.com. That's pinned.biz at gmail.com or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about Pinned. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk. But check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. We are at that magical moment of every episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at our show stopper segment. Yeah. All right, Carl, for the, the show stopper segment this week, it, it took me a little while. I didn't really find anything that really kind of stood out to me this week, but uh, I, I came up with something here. And if you notice lately, we haven't been talking a whole lot about my favorite wrestling promotion of 2018, and that's been Ring of Honor. Now, with everything that's been going on lately, it just it feels like this company has just been kind of lost in the shuffle lately. Uh, I, You know, it's not that I don't want to watch Ring of Honor, just it's it's like there's just too damn much else going on and I don't get to watch. I think that's probably the biggest thing right now is that there is a lot more going on. There is, I mean, as much as, as you anyways are not a fan of the WWE, there's a lot going on with the WWE right now, mm. as well as there's a lot happening with New Japan and the uh, G1 Climax that's happening. Yeah. Plus, All Elite is really making their name out there, with, and, and then StarCast <laughs> is there, and then there's all of these different things that are happening, but there's really nothing happening of any significance within ring of honor right now. I think the last time we really talked about anything ring of honor was this whole incident between the fan and bully Ray and the allure faction. Yep. Um, which has been like a while. It's been like uh, quite a while now that, that, that that's happened. Yep. And I think that that's, that's the issue is that there really is not a lot happening within ring of honor right now for us to really be vested into talking about what's happening. And I think part of the issue too, is they don't have the real kind of marquee talent anymore. You know, the, all the elite guys are gone. Uh, Taven has been doing really well. I mean, you can't say too much bad about the guy, but I mean, he doesn't, you know, with all due respect to him, he's, he doesn't really stand out as that super kind of megastar. Taven does very, very well. Don't get me wrong, but Ring of Honor doesn't have that real big marquee group or name anymore. It, it's very true. And, I mean, they're trying. They definitely oh, are. Yeah. They're trying to make Matt Taven. Um, they're trying to, to continue to use Jay Lethal as the top. They're doing this <laughs> amazing thing with uh, Marty Skrull and Villain Enterprise yeah. and really trying to, to build even a bigger faction 
to what they have already. So you do have some really cool things that are going on with it right now, but there isn't anything of huge significance. It feels, and this may sound bad to some people, but you know, I'll say it anyways. It's like they, they turn into that their whole, their, their whole roster. It's, it's all mid card guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know it might sound bad to say that, but that's what it feels like. It feels like everybody's kind of at that middle level and there's no real big standouts anymore. So yeah, I, I, I don't know that they're, that they're, they're still keeping their head above water, but I mean, they're not um, necessarily a marquee promotion anymore. They, they've dipped down below that. I think now. First of all, you shut your face and don't talk about Marty Skrull like that. <laughs> he's going to W. And, he's uh, he's going to, you know what? Marty's <laughs> going to end up in WWE. I'm telling you right now. The first chance he gets, he's going to go to WWE. He, I, he's not going to go to AEW. I don't see him staying in Ring of Honor. I think he's going to end up in WWE. I, and I, I, I think you're right with that. I, I do. As much as I don't want that to happen, I really think that you are right. Yeah. Now, that that almost kind of leads to a topic in itself there because we know that his significant other is part of the company. Would Marty even do well in WWE? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like if they keep him with the villain gimmick That's and have him come out with the with the uh, the Doctor Bird mask and have him come out with his big yeah. coat and have him come out with all of this stuff with the umbrella, keep that umbrella, like. Mm -hmm. Marty has established himself as a legitimate character yeah. with all of these little things. And his work in the ring, to me, is great. Oh, absolutely. I love his work in the ring. Mm -hmm. He was one of the innovators for North America to bring in this, like, almost strong style type of mm -hmm. um uh manipulation joint manipulations yes right yeah. so have him come in have him be marty Skrull. have him keep mm -hmm. his gimmick have him keep everything that he does people know who marty Skrull is yeah they are going to love it mm -hmm. and who do i want to see marty Skrull? have a feud with first if he were to go to the WWE? Oh, I know. Who? Adam Cole, baby. No. Because th there's some unfinished business there. There is. But I think that an amazing program for the for him mm -hmm. and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Ooh. would be phenomenal. Interesting, interesting. My only concern, well, I should say my main big concern with Marty going to WWE and Carl Mayer, you see where I'm going with this, is that you just, you know, Vince is going to get his hands in there and he's going to, because um, Marty goes for that, um, it's almost like a, um, he's like that medieval doctor kind of thing. So that, that's where I'm making the connection. Remember what, when they kind of went that angle, Dean Ambrose, and they put the gas mask and all that stuff. I'm, I'm afraid that <laughs> something like that's going to happen and he's going to mess with his name. He's going to give him some, some silly kind of strange name too. And it's going to take away from the whole thing, unfortunately. Um, I yeah, that's my only concern. <laughs> and and hundred percent, that's a concern. Like honestly, yeah. for any independent professional wrestler that yeah. comes into the company, that is always a concern. Yeah. 
Like, like I'm even thinking for ones that are already there that are probably on the verge. Like, say Velveteen Dream, I could see Vince changing him to like the the crushed velvet experience or something, you know, or something ridiculous, right? So you you need to just know that Marty with that over the top kind of gimmick that it's gonna get messed with. I know, and that's that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, the pandemic that I experience. Don't want like that's go. the that's the only thing. <laughs> Do not mess with that. Damn you, Vince. Damn you, Vince. Yep. You have all these established stars <laughs> that are coming in, yeah. and then you change them up, yeah. and then it just totally takes away from what everyone already knows, yeah. and then people don't like it, and then people are that much more apt to turn the television channel back to what they like. Bingo. I think that's a good way to end it off there, Carl. But before we do go, of course, we have to make sure and talk about our sponsors. Sponsors include collarandelbowbrand.com. Today I am wearing, as always, my collar and elbow brand hat. I love this hat. It's always on my head. I went out the other day without a hat on my head and I felt naked. As well, I am wearing my collar and elbow brand Canada limited edition shirt that was created for us up in the Great White North. Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Go to any of our social media, at TBTalkPod. There is a clickable link there that will take you directly to the store for Collar and Elbow Brand. Use our promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get yourself 10% off new and clearanced merchandise. If you are a vapor like myself, check out our two vape sponsors first, we have HypeCityVapors.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST. Get 15% off all your vape juice when you purchase from HypeCityVapors.com. And our newest vape sponsor locally here in Sault Ste. Marie. Check out Silly Rabbit Vape Shop down on Queen Street. For those of you local that are here, when you're going down Queen Street, you've got the Pita Pit. It's Essentially, right beside the pita pit. Go down there, check them out. Great little store in there. The staff are amazing and will help you out to the best of their abilities. Make sure you go check out Silly Rabbit Vape Shop. Mention Turnbuckle Talk when you go in making your purchase, and you will get a discount on your juice and hardware. Awesome. And of course, again, to listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. And all those other podcasters out there, like CastBox and all that, we show up on there as well. All right, Carl, that wraps up for another week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. See you real soon. What's up, guys? This is the standard Dusty Gold coming from you from Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm with Joe and Carl for Turnbuckle Talk. <laughs>